might start this with, we're back in lockdown, but who actually cares? Let's retain some originality. So, does anyone remember Brexit back in 2016? The day after Brexit happened, me and my pal, who will remain nameless, sat on the phone to my dad while we were in Zante asking him what all the implications would be on leaving the EU, forgetting to inform him that the said friend was possibly concussed from falling off a bar and smushed her brain to smithereens the night before. Anyway, I never thought I'd be on the leave side of that argument because I'm a passport of the world type person. Now I watch an economies crumble because we export services rather than actual products makes me shiver. But this episode is not going to make you shiver. It's going to be like a warm hug with a B&M bargain tacky tea towel to wrap around you. We have a real life celebrity. It's my longest friend ever, both in height and age. Supporting actress for Game of Thrones, wee Becky Burns. Former other half on Bebo, primary school birthday queen. When not in lockdown, we once bumped into each other on the tube in London. She still asked me about my feelings and I still replied, not got any of those in it. Known uncommonly as Burns Baby Burns, but famous for her free mental health check-ins, it's me, Rebecca Victoria Burns. Welcome to the best podcast that ever came out of Cave Hill Primary School. Oh, yay! <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Dare I ask, has 2020 been a life-altering year for you? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been one to remember, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. Or just completely blank out like a car crash. Yeah, true. Yeah. And how is Smellfast? To be honest, I don't get to see much of Belfast at the minute because oh. I'm working hard in Bangor. <gasps> that's I, I didn't know that's where you were working. Yeah. Yeah. So I, oh. I'm a commuter now. I have to ask, what many, many emotions did you feel when I requested you to be on this episode? I was, there are actually a lot of emotions. First, I was really happy that you did. Then I became really nervous because I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, I'm just not like, this is my moment. And I'm just not as, when it comes to movies and stuff, I'm not as interesting as other people. Like people will get into really deep conversation about this. Whereas as you'll find out later, all my movies have just been wholesome. I don't need to use my brain to watch these. (laughs) I just need something to cheer me up. (laughs) I actually was going to make an assumption that I presumed that your film taste would be like your actual taste buds and not so exotic (laughs) or experimental. Because I'd like the record to show that you had your first curry out on my 23rd (laughs) birthday and I am 23 still. (laughs) Yeah. Good memories made though. Yeah, yeah. Cockroach on wall will live forever in my memories. Cockroach yeah. on wall. <laughs> you actually were a big help to everyone during lockdown and still continue to be because obviously um, half of our group have the emotional capacity of a packet of peanuts. <laughs> and I actually found this. So I, my old like notebook from like the first season of this, I was trying uh-huh. to like write down what was happening each day in lockdown. And uh-huh. obviously you've got a lot of like emotions so I thought I'd read an excerpt for you of one of the, Monday, the 23rd of March. WTH, oh. actually excited to turn my laptop on because it distracts from reality. Claire, that's deep because that was the first day of lockdown. That's the day lockdown was called. That's what I thought. That's what I thought when I was reading. I was like, but I actually written about that before that. I did a little pre-lockdown um you know, I actually write a lot, but I don't use pronouns for emotions in them. It's just like, ha ha, it's Mother's Day. 
Oh, I think, yeah, I think that maybe these these emotions definitely, well, these lack of emotions definitely occurred long before Boris called the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, but I'm getting in touch with them more. I know I can describe <laughs> myself as um, alone, uh, lonesome. Uh, what's a good word for bored? Discontent, discontent. There's some form of emotions. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad. You're still expressing them, I suppose. <laughs> That's a positive step, baby steps. Thank you. Anyway, enough of my emotional damage. Um, first things first, have you ever seen a film? I have. I have seen a few films. I'm not going to say I've seen all the best films ever, but I've seen okay. a few. That's good. That's all we need. Just a handful yep. of films to get us through the next 45 minutes. So you're a psychologist. Um, <laughs> probably not by an actual degree standard, but I think you are. Are you? <laughs> No, I, I, um, no, I have a psychology degree, but I don't. For the purposes of this episode, you're a psychologist. Um, okay, that so good. With Corona, there's going to be a generation known as the Corona kids. I just coined mm-hmm. that. With a really messed up childhood that therapy cannot solve. Um, so you mm-hmm. might be out of business um, for that generation. Mm. Could you tell me a film that stands out from your childhood? I, yes, I have a few. Great. Um, the reason that okay, so my first two, I would say, well, technically first three ones, like a like a a saga. Um, my first two would be The Princess Bride, and then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure One and Two. Okay. But that is because um, so my big brother, he's fifteen years older than me, and for one of my birthdays, I can't remember what age I was, but for one of my birthdays, he got me like five movies that he loved when he was a kid mm-hmm. and then made me watch them so there are two of them I think they're like 1987 and 1989 or something um, yeah they're quite old I've actually yeah. not seen either well let's let's start with the princess bride because okay. Coity had actually um put it in his list of films but we never discussed it um <gasps> amazing we, yeah you and Adam McCoy same person um, but could you give us a bit of the premise? Because um, it is like a it, it's a cult classic, but it became a cult classic weirdly after the box office when it came out in mm. VHS. It became like a film that um, it's I think it's in the um, National Film Registry, and the only films that are kept there are the ones that are culturally, historically, aesthetically significant. So I know it's a good film. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a wee bit about it? Okay. So right, I know that whenever I describe it everyone's gonna be like oh is that a good film but it's it's a watcher we'll say it's a watcher so it starts off and it's a little boy that's off school sick and his granddad's looking after him and his granddad reads him a fairy tale story so like the movie is the story that the granddad's reading in um Mm. and it starts off it's a quite like a well-off girl um called buttercup and she there's like a family farm boy called Wesley and like they fall in love and um he oh sorry he always says like if she tells him to do something he always says as you wish but then she realizes like every time he says as you wish he's actually like I love you kind of thing like that's how he expresses it like he would do anything for her and so whenever they kind of confess their love and he goes away to find his fortune so that he can like properly marry her give her the life that um she wants or he thinks she wants 
Um, but while he's away, his ship gets attacked by the dreaded pirate Roberts, mm. and he's presumed dead. So she is then like betrothed to the, I think it's is it the prince. It's oh what the, yeah, Prince Humperdinck is his name. <laughs> um, and then basically, so long story short, she's betrothed to him, and then this like group of bandits come after her. Um, okay. and try and get her and then this masked man comes after the group of bandits and the princess so all these people are trying to kidnap the princess um, so it's like damsel in distress type plot ju- just yeah damsel in distress but none of them are trying to rescue her they're all like oh. one, tra- one group of people are like trying to sell her off for money kind of thing okay. to like other pirates mm. um, and then okay so actually quite fun fact the masked man goes after the group of bandits that have taken the princess mm-hmm. and he has to climb up the cliffs of insanity to find them. The cliffs yeah. of insanity are actually the cliffs of Moher. Oh, really? In that's, Ireland? Yeah, yeah. Ah. So that's, that's my little bit of trivia. That is um, interesting. Yeah, so basically he um, he rescues the princess of the bandits. He like disarms two of them and kills one of them, rescues the princess, and then... She's like, I'm not wanting to be stolen by another bandit. So she pushes this masked man down a gorge. And as he falls, he says, as you wish. And then she realizes <gasps> it was Wesley. Wait. And he was co- he you wasn't coming dead. to rescue. He oh, was coming to okay. rescue her from the prince that she didn't want to be married to. Oh, wait, and then he dies? No, he doesn't die. She's like, oh, oh my right. goodness, that was Wesley. And then she like rolls down the hill. And then there's like a good bit after it and it just kind of goes on and how they stop the wedding to the prince and stuff. But that's like the the set. Do you watch it. it often? Um I would watch it probably once a year. Okay. Do you usually watch it with your brother or does it just remind you of just reminds me of my brother? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so Rob Brainer is the director. Um and while people don't really might not recognise his name, he directed and Harry Met Sally and Spinal Tap oh. and Spinal Tap is like have you seen Spinal Tap? I feel like Mm-mm. your brother might have made you watch it. He, he probably watched it. He probably has watched it because I, I know what but I'm pretty sure he has a t-shirt with Spinal Tap. Yeah it's it. like one of the like um like renowned mockumentaries of ever and mm. um, so people know him more for being Jordan Belford's dad in Wolf Wall Street. Do you know the oh. you, yeah so that's yeah. him but um so he's like quite uh big comedy director for like very famous um yeah films but someone said so you'll be able to kind of agree or disagree with this um in on the 30th anniversary of the princess bride that he did an interview and someone said that princess bride saved her life because she was caught in an avalanche with her sisters and to keep them sane and until they got rescued she did line by line princess bride the entire film to keep the entire film yeah so I'm um, just that's why I'm at is, is it a very quotable film um it, yeah I, yeah it, I would say there are like a lot of I don't think every single line would be quotable but there's definitely like lots of memorable lines from it um so let's move on to uh Bill and Ted also films that I was completely unaware of except for the fact when I did some research I had actually watched the 2020 film trailer recently and I watched it and I was like who was smoking what when they wrote this script? Because I didn't know about the first two. I thought this was just some like standalone ridiculous yeah. film. Yeah. And to be honest, 
you watch the first two and you say who was smoking what when they watch this film <laughs> but like that's the point everything is so like deep and serious all the time and then you just have these movies they're just so lighthearted. they're complete nonsense but they're yeah. like a break from reality for two hours that's what i would call bill and ted okay can we get some premise on bill and ted because even the title doesn't give anything away okay so i'll just talk about the first one um bill and ted's excellent adventure so it starts off and i think it's like humanity in like 2088 right and the world is just yeah. like a utopia like the world is perfect because um bill and ted in 19 i think it's 1985 mm-hmm. formed a band called the wild silence and basically they wrote their music united the world like their music just made the world perfect that's why the world is perfect in 2000 and or yeah 2688 or something mm. right but then the great leaders in the future get when the bill and ted are about to flunk history and if they fail their history exam ted's father is going to send him to military camp which means that while Stalin's can't form, which means the music that was going to save and unite the world can't be made. So they sent someone on a, they sent someone from the future back in time in a telephone box time machine, which is kind of Doctor Who-ish. Yeah. But anyway, um, back in time to Bill and Ted. And long story short, their excellent adventure is they time travel through time to meet all the historical figures. Okay and find out about them but then they bring them back to like the present and all this like stuff happens but basically they're um they want to pass the history they want to pass their history paper with like flying colors so they arrange a presentation of all these historical figures um so that they can pass history and unite the world in the future oh okay um it sounds absolutely ridiculous uh (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a do you have a like kind of favorite historical figure that appears? I know that there's like Beethoven and stuff, and because you know, I'm a I'm a artiste and a critique. Mm. Um, there was some criticism that the historical figures were just kind of bland, like they didn't have Mm. personality that you would expect. Is this the critique from the originals or the current one? Because Beethoven is in the 2021. Oh, I think it was a critique of the original, but I could be the wrong. Original. Um. Yeah. Like, did mean, you feel like they had like personal? You know, if you, like, would you have imagined that's how they would have been? Yeah, I suppose I wouldn't know what to expect from them, but I would say yeah. they were definitely played as very scared people from way in the past who were suddenly transported to the future. See, I think this would make a really good TV series rather than a film. That's fine. Um, Honestly, I it's, it, so yeah. I can't really make a good. Um, I don't. It's Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves, so obviously I have to ask, which one did you fancy? Um, Keanu Reeves, definitely. And then I saw the twenty twenty one and was like, oh, not aged well. <laughs> and I kind of lost the the spark. wasn't there anymore in twenty twenty. Yeah, I had to actually. I had to double check that that was definitely Keanu Reeves yeah. and he hadn't like dropped out of the film because he looks horrendous in 2021. Yeah, I, so yeah. what, how was the 2021? Did it live up to the the big hype of the... Because there's a massive gap between the first mm-hmm. and the second and the third. Yeah, um, I mean, 
I think it was hard. Obviously, you were sitting there at the start being like, this is so cheesy and this is just nonsense. But then you realise, like, that's the point. It's nonsense. And for so this was the first. No, it was the well, it's the only kind of new movie I've seen during lockdown. I've been going to the cinema to see old ones, but this when did you see it? Um, I saw it. Was it July or August, maybe? Oh, which cinema did you go to? Give them a shout out to keep their business. Um, I went to Movie House Cinema Glen Gormley to see this one. Woo, an um, excellent woo. cinema. Big up Glen Gormley. Yep, and I went with my brother and my sister-in-law. Um, they got they got my nephews, my mum babysat my nephews. And we went and... So this is like my obviously my brother introduced me to it, but these are like some of his favorite movies ever. Yeah. And he literally had a countdown, and he was getting really, really like nervous that they just wouldn't release it, and um, because mm. it was already released in America. So I think the start of the film, I actually spent, I was more anxious watching my brother to make sure he was enjoying it. That's so sweet. Than I was really nervous that he wouldn't like it, but yeah, it it it's nonsense. It is nonsense, but it was just such a nice movie. It was funny. It was lighthearted. Did they unite the world with out, music. Did Christopher walk out of the cinema smiling? Was he satisfied? Oh, yes. Yeah. He, he was? loved it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It. I think he shed a little tear as well. Oh, that's such a nice thing to happen in 2020. I love I good know. 2020 news. Yeah. yeah. So he was satisfied. Well, those are two good films that I have not seen, but I should probably get... Well, I just worry that Bill and Ted would not fill me with the the much needed brain juice that I need at the minute oh but yeah I could do a brain break as well yeah so as we talked about earlier you're the the mental health check-in wizard <laughs> for everyone but most of us don't pay you um unfortunately someday we will we'll pay you back and you you make me feel emotions other than pensive uh so <laughs> What storyline from a film most tugs at your heartstrings? And obviously your heartstrings are more delicate oh. than most. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited for this. I mean, when I started thinking about The Princess Bride and Bill and Ted earlier, I got emotional. So like, <laughs> this is just going on here. Um, okay, so two movies again. I'm just giving you a selection. Um, and they're very like like basic movies, but Me Before You with Amelia Clark. Chef yeah. kisses to that film. Yeah, yeah. Could watch it every single day and still cry the same amount and still be shocked that, uh, that the same outcome happens. It's one of the films that I rewatch every like I have because they took it off Netflix, which I was raging yeah. about. Yeah. And it's not. It's it's absolutely in no way critically acclaimed whatsoever. It's got very bad rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't care. It's so yeah. good. Sam Claflin and Amelia Clark as a couple are just mm-hmm. so mesmerizing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was amazing. For those that ha- don't know the plot, basically, uh, Will Trainer, who's played by Sam Claflin, um, is left quadriplegic and he yeah. gets a part-time carer um, who's played by Amelia Clark, um, Lou Clark, a bit confusing, and she comes to look after them, him, and it's kind of watching their romance unfold in this little town in England where she's been her whole life and he's had this, like, amazing, like, bachelor life and you know just like doing extreme sports and all he's left in a wheelchair and like it's kind of them teaching each other the beauty of life from different perspectives and I know that me and you both love this film so I'm very excited to chat about it um I was going to say so why do you think 
Lou Clark is such a heartwarming character because she is the, the star of the mm. show. But with Sam Coffin's great, he's not like anything monumental. She is just, see, so there's actually a line when he's like, you know what I see in you. And she's like, don't say potential because she's been told her whole life that she has so much potential. But like, that's what I see in her as well. Like, she's just so good and she's yeah. so nice. And she, she really like has this massive personality that is beyond where she currently is and what she's currently doing. But she's so like sweet and innocent that she doesn't believe that about herself. Yeah. And I- you're really like, you're really rooting for her the whole way through it. She sees life through rose-tinted glasses, which is so yeah. beautiful to see. And I yeah. also, well, I am an idolist and like to think that Amelia Clark, the actress, is quite like that. Because when you see her on mm. the red carpet, when she chats to people, she is yeah. just very down to earth. Her smile as well is just so infectious. I just think yeah. this character is... You read the books though, didn't you? Yeah, I read the books. There's three books. And like mm. she, the character herself is as like as likeable in the books definitely but there's just something like Amelia Clark is just like she makes yeah like she makes her 10 times more likable I'm gonna ask you a difficult question and maybe maybe somewhat awkward question and you don't have to answer but would you find it difficult to stay with someone that had a life-altering illness honest answer me sitting here now saying I would say no like I wouldn't find it difficult but then you wouldn't know until you're in that hopefully I'm never in that situation but you wouldn't really know and also I think that's what the movie teaches you about as well obviously we love spoilers but it's not just about what you want it's also about what the other person wants Mm -hmm. so if they were kind of like this is not what I want for you you would actually have to take that seriously I think yeah no I know yeah because it because it's it's I I know it's draining having to look after someone that way but obviously love conquers all and mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. not really my brand but someone else's brand something you could see on a tea toil um <laughs> yeah I just think their their romance is so sweet and my favorite scene yeah. is when he gives her the bumblebee tights so another story about my brother on my was it my 21st birthday I think it was my 21st birthday he got me the books of this the sequels I think and he got me an Amelia Clark, you know, the pop heads. But he also got me bumblebee tights. Oh, I think he told me that maybe. Yeah, he got me my own pair of bumblebee That's tights. So I know. Yeah, because the ending scene when she's in Paris and she's reading one of his letters and she's just like, you know, in this like really like Parisian street and like yeah. it's really cool and everyone's wearing like what I'm wearing now, like black high neck jumpers and you were wearing yours earlier and then it pans out and she's wearing her bumblebee tights and her style in that is just so like ott and yeah like so charming and lovely Mm -hmm. um and i think like they balance each other quite well because she's got this like really like eccentric style and he's got this really dry humor which Mm -hmm. i really can uh relate to yeah and they're just the perfect combination it's such a lovely film and i hope most people have seen it but if not, you can't get it on Netflix or Amazon anymore. Um, what is your other film that tugs at your heartstrings? My other film that tugs at the heartstrings is A Star is Born. Amazing. Obviously, the, what was it, 2017, was it, version? Um, this is what, 2018, because like, this is what, like the third or fourth one? Yeah, it's had a lot Remake. of rivals. Yeah, it's, I had never watched it or heard of it before the one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Um so I did not know I didn't actually look it up before I went to anything um and I was mm. just 
blown away by the storyline. Completely blown away. Did you go see it at the cinema? Yeah. Did you yeah, go see I went it once? No, I went to, well, he's getting so many shout outs, but I went with my friend Jack and his sister Carrie. And um, Jack's a massive Lady Gaga fan. So that I was like, oh, I'll accompany him to this. But then after I saw that, me and my brother went together. Because um, I was like, you need to see this. Um, so I went twice. Maybe three yeah, times in the cinema. Inseparable. You're like a ton of I know. No, because this is what I was going to say. Like, everyone that I knew went to see it multiple times at the cinema. Yeah. Loads uh-huh. of different times. Whereas, you know, classic me, I was like, I'm boycotting this because it's so hyped up. You know, like when everyone got creepers, mm. those shoes in fourth year, I was like, mm, <laughs> not getting those because I boycott the hype. And then when mm. it started like being very critically acclaimed, I was like, all right, I'll sit down and I'll watch it. And mm. I watched it legally. So yeah. Bradley Cooper didn't get any of my money. Um, <laughs> And it is good. It is really good. Like, it is a very good film. But I think I just find the plot to be a bit like overdone. It was very much like tale of musical passion versus mm. commercial gains. And I know the plot's like um, developed since the 1937 version. Yeah. But, you know, as a psychologist, um, as you are for this episode, did you mm-hmm. not find Bradley Cooper's character a bit manipulative? Yes, but he was like a product of everything that was going on with him. Like, he was a product of his environment and his own struggles do you know what I mean like how do you know what his actual personality was when he was struggling so badly with his alcoholism and his depression and all of that like yes 100% I firmly believe mental health is not an excuse for how you treat someone however he also was like a product of all the of all the things see I can't remember I can't really um remember in my mind the ending of the plot I just know I know bad things happen to him yeah I was gonna say no, I I, I, know, I know the gist. I remember the gist of the plot, yeah. Um, yeah. but I know that like I would I would have seen him as emotionally abusive towards Lady Gaga's character. Mm, yeah, um, but he definitely he like almost repents from that whenever he goes to rehab and stuff, and they're actually having that conversation. Um, he I would definitely say that you can tell there's regret there. It was definitely a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't recommend it. Would not. Would. Would not recommend. Would recommend the rehab. Um, okay. Would not recommend the. You talking to me? Huh? You talking to <laughs> me? <laughs> no, but I mean, if you're if if you're taking it that personally, I don't know if the shoe fits. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do you find it uh, so emotional compared to other films? As you know, expert of emotions. <laughs> um, it was so open. It was just uh-huh. very. Like you're saying, the fact that I found him really manipulative, but it was very open about that, or like his kind of struggles, and but obviously you just like get so much into his um like his past and his attempts before and like his struggle with alcoholism and stuff. It's just very open about it, and it I also kind of like that it doesn't portray his sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle as glamorous, like. He gets so wasted. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. passes out and can't have lonely. sex with her. Yeah, like he's lonely. He has nosebleeds. He he can't do anything. Like it's not glamour. Like a not a yeah. glamorous rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, and I think his performance and Lady Gaga's, especially Lady Gaga's, because I think it's very hard to transition from, you know, the music industry into the acting industry and be taken seriously. Mm. Like, um, because Beyonce was supposed to play the lead which would make sense because she's from Texas and it's set in Arizona. Mm. But I don't think, like, sorry to all the Beyonce fans out there, I just don't think she would have been as good as Lady Gaga was. No. 
No, Lady Gaga didn't even feel like she was acting. She literally just felt like they were having a conversation. Um, She's like yeah. very raw and emotional person, and her obviously, um, I'm sure you're obsessed with the soundtrack. So obsessed. Yeah, I can it, see you now just watching it in your car, not watching it, listening yeah. to it in your car and crying. Yeah, and then there's also one song, so um, from the film that it's whenever he invites her, he flies her and her mate out to see him um, at a gig and there's one, like, it's just an instrumental track, but it's them, you know, like, getting out of the car and they're walking behind the scenes and it's just a really good, like, mm. pumping you up for the day instrumental track. So I would listen to it I was if I was walking somewhere that I needed to get motivated. Oh, good. That's good to know. I like a motivational walking song, so yeah. I'll note that in the yeah. brain. Um, mm. Those are two good films. Um, actually in my eyes on some good you I thought you were going to pick really naff films no offense to you yeah no that's fine but you've you've picked pretty good films so far yeah. so let's let's try and continue um with this I've, I've just kind of realized like with those two movies so with me before you and and you will love what I'm about to say with me before you and with a star is born I actually think the overarching message from the both is love does not conquer all <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm so I love like, <laughs> I love when you disprove a tea towel <laughs> yeah like like they had really happy relationships but it still wasn't enough in both cases yeah now they both ended up alone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that uh, depressing note uh so yeah. you and I have been through uh much more than just lockdown together we've conquered mm-hmm. London-ish multiple trips <laughs> to Thompson's and BRA formal committee so mm-hmm. I have to ask because you're a special long-term uh person that's been in my life forever what film would you best associate with our friendship okay I'm very interested to see what you're going to say once again two films one okay I think you'll expect the second one we'll talk about the second one after the main one but I yeah we need to discuss the second one more because I don't know if I've made it up in my head or not so the first one is obviously one day. Oh, oh did oh. you even think it? Oh. No, because I was trying to think. So for the listeners, obviously, you know, sometimes I prep. We decided not to prep this question. I wrote down a few ideas. Okay. I can't. I wish I had had time to. Obviously, I watched it on Tuesday because I watch it every week. Exactly. That's exactly why we can't be like a. Hi Claire, how are you? Not doing good. I watched one day today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so this is such a nice surprise. Yeah, I bet you're actually surprised. Um, yeah, so the only reason that I know it's associated with us is that when you went to go see it, um, spoiler for all, but you should all watch this film. It's got Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis, isn't it? When Anne Hathaway dies very suddenly, Bruna Elmore laughed, didn't she? Yeah. In like the most heart-wrenching, shocking scene in cinema history. Yeah. And she, yeah. But that's just very brutal. I mean, I think she's definitely emotionally developed since then. But that was definitely Bruna that. Elmore. Every time I watch that scene, that's all I think. <laughs> Bruna Elmore. Have we watched it together? I think so, yeah. The ones that I had noted down were okay. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> <laughs> the Grudge. Last Christmas, because we went to see that in the cinema together. But again, I yeah. don't think we should even bring it up because it wasn't great. But Amelia Clark, though. Um, but one one day is excellent. Um, I don't even know where to start. I haven't even prepped any questions. Um, what's your favourite day year of all the days that they meet? I have to be completely honest with you, right? 
I don't love this film as much as you love it, but I love how much you love it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why the film means so much to me, because I just know that you're so obsessed with it. Like, I love how obsessed you are with it. Um, you have such a detailed memory that I can't believe you said the one film that I hold so closely in my heart. I don't even <laughs> tell people that it's my favourite film in case they watch it and they don't like it. Yeah, well, I actually would say out of all the days, and this isn't a particularly nice one, but I love the day when I just think it's so like dramatic, which is like, I love you, Dex, but I don't like you anymore. That, oh, Claire! Uh, viewers, just so you know, Claire has her hand over her face and I think she's about to cry. <laughs> it's just so emotional. It's just such a nice, like, long-term friendship turned. Yeah. Like, it's like the what I... For the record, I do not believe in romance, but I do believe in the mm-hmm. one. And it's such a, like, maybe love, do- love doesn't conquer all in this film either, actually, so let's not <laughs> um, confuse people. But they just have the sweetest, like, banter relationship. And my favourite bit is when, you know, the comedian, whose name I've now forgotten, even though I watch this film every week, um, I've just been put on the spot on my own show. When he, when he goes to the cafe to see Dexter and... He says the line that's, um, you know, she made you decent, but yeah. you made her incredibly so enthusiastically unhappy or something yeah. along those lines. That was her ex, wasn't it? It hits me right in my stone, yeah, hits me right in my stone cold heart. Do you want to know a really lovely fact? And everyone that knows me will enjoy this fact. Imogen Granger actually told me. So I haven't read the book because obviously I can't read. But <laughs> guess where her the comedian live? Guess where her and the comedian live? Where? Walthamstow? Walthamstow. Walthamstow. <gasps> they live in Walthamstow. Oh, no way. Isn't that insane? I mean, this film, I do think that, you know, what's what's when it's like foresh- not foreshadowing. It just is a direct parallel to where my life is going at the moment. So I just need to find the TV presenter, really rich man who turns to drugs and then comes out of drugs. And then finds me again when I'm in Paris with a really fit Parisian man. And I'm I'm happy with that if that's the way my life's going. Yeah, that's good. I hope you Not don't the have ending. the same fate as her. Yeah. <laughs> hope that doesn't happen. Don't get a bike. Um, but other Oh, than I'd that, never get a bike, I wouldn't be trusted. <laughs> um, so what's the second one that you were gonna say? It's on your list, and I'm so glad you said it because I was like, I actually messaged um Gabby and Abby, and I was like, guys. Please tell me I'm not making this up. Wasn't there a scary movie that Claire McGowan watched every single year for her birthday? Or like for any friend gathering, it would be like, oh guys, what are you doing with Claire? Claire's going to watch The Grudge again. Like, and they were like, Becca, I have no clue what you're talking about. And I was like, no, I'm, I, I know this is a thing. Claire just wanted to watch one specific scary movie all the time, every activity. And they really had me doubting myself. And then I being... A good friend. I read your. I think it's your most recent blog post. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, you are a good friend. Yeah. And you mentioned the grudge in it, and I was like, "That is it confirmed." Yeah. Yeah, Sam actually mentioned. Sam actually mentioned it the other day. I don't know why she said the exact same thing about how yeah. like obsessed. It's just the best film ever. Me and Rory are just. <laughs> and I did. I I did. Used to make you watch it because you're like, I don't like scary films. I think I mean maybe Jenny Coates watch it as well. I was like, we're watching the grudge for every sleepover um if you're <laughs> home we'll be watching the garage don't expect to watch anything else 
I need to get a new brand. You've really let out most of my secrets on this episode without my consent, <laughs> but you know, I have the editing rights. Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually started jotting down like fil- films that I'm surprised you haven't mentioned. I'm um, our okay. one, The Little Mermaid, but I suppose yeah, it didn't really fall yeah. into the questions. No, that's just a yeah. class. Like that's just, that's um, my comfort from whenever I was a child that no one else had ginger hair like me. And Aww. then I saw her and I was like, <gasps> Wow, and that's just, she looks just like me. Mine is a deal. <laughs> and second, which I'm surprised you didn't mention, but was a very big thing of your childhood. But I was present. Twilight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think that was just a phase for everybody, though, wasn't it? I hope it was. I, I was hope kind it was of, a phase for everybody. I was into the first one, but then I also was just kind of into it because you and Jenny were into it loads. And yeah. what was that song that you learned on piano? Quick whip Flightless, Flightless Bird, American Mouth, Arn and Wine. I discussed The Princess Bride earlier in um, my group chat with Bruna and Jenny and Olivia. And it was very divided. Bruna thinks Princess Bride's the best movie ever. Um, Olivia and Jenny think it's awful. And it's because Olivia and Jenny think they're highbrow, whereas Bruna's quite comfortable with the fact that she loves nonsense. Yeah, yeah, right. But see, this is the thing. But then I told, I very, I called Olivia out and I said, Olivia, you're still obsessed with Twilight. I just don't see how you like I just don't see how you can say the princess bride is awful when you love twilight I'm glad you were doing a lot of like um focus groups before this you're before me, yeah 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 you're so prepared um well last but of course never least palm door of the pandemic and you actually have listened to some episodes hopefully you know what it means best film ever or best film during lockdown something you'd recommend to the to the, to the many. Okay, to the many. So, well, I touched on this earlier. The best film that I watched during lockdown that I hadn't seen before was Bill and Ted, the third one. But obviously that meant mm-hmm. more to me because I had seen all the other movies yeah. um, and it was just very nice to be in the cinema. However, the movies that everyone needs to watch, I don't care what, like, on initial perceptions, no, like, put aside those initial perceptions and watch Paddington 1 and 2. And you will never so regret I, it. I watched them last week and yeah. on Sunday when you mentioned it because they are objectively Best British Film nomination. So when I was watching Paddington 1, and I presume everyone's going to be Paddington the Bear is, I don't want to talk down to my audience. They have um, brains. But <laughs> when he first arrives at Paddington Station, all I could think about was you arriving in London. And I was like, I swear to her down, this is how I imagined Becca when she to London <laughs> as Paddington the Bear being like, ah, London, London, London. <laughs> Literally, yeah. So cute. Um, why is he such a lovable bear? He's just so... I mean, if Amelia Clark was a bear, that's the only way. Like, he's just so, he also is so sweet and innocent. And he's just, yeah, there's not like a bad, but it's more, there's literally, I know you would say this about people who'd be like, there's not a bad bone in his body. I'm also very aware I'm talking about a bear, but there genuinely is no bad bone in his body. He just like represents everything that is so good and innocent and sweet and just yeah he just makes you feel so warm and like oh yeah I had a quote that said that kind of asked this question and they said the reason he's so endearing and uplifting is because we've all been to the time so we've came to a yeah. place where we don't have anyone and we just want to make friends and that was him kind of like a yeah. lonely soul 
getting out on his feet and he meets the Browns. Yeah. And it is it is it is just objectively a really good film. Like the script yeah. is incredibly clever because it's able to appeal to both adults and kids. You know, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. have a problem. There's some kids' films I'm just like, come on, yeah. get this over and done with. It's just big colours, but it's incredibly funny. So the guy that wrote it was the guy that um did writing for the Mighty Bush and also did some writing for um David Williams and Matt Lucas. No way. So that's like, it, see, when you know that, you're like, ah, that's why the comedy is so clever because yeah. it's not like yeah. you're not like you're not like pissing yourself laughing. It's like very good use of the English language mm-hmm. and his yeah. kind of his innocence and the way he interacts with people because he doesn't understand sarcasm or anything like that. He takes yeah. everything badly, which makes him so so sweet. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. have a Do you have a favorite between Paddington one and two? I actually don't think I do have a favorite, but I like that because I'm very much the. I've for most films that I've seen other than like you know a series like Harry Potter or whatever if there's two movies I always just think the first one's the best one yeah but this one I really I mean I loved Paddington too I don't know if I would say it's better but they're definitely as good as each other and um, I loved you- also that the storylines were completely different because I was kind of like how are they yeah. going to do it again but it was it yeah. was real it was so good there's always a risk with doing a sequel that it just won't live up to the original yeah. but this really does and it's just great the way that they take an idiot classic book and mm-hmm. like upgrade it to the 21st century because it's very yeah. difficult to do but it it fits in the set design and everything I think it's like West End standard mm-hmm. like it's actually impressive yeah. to watch you know when they're in Paddington 2 and it's the prison scenes and it kind oh of like opens yeah. up and it's just it, it's like you're watching the West End because like the yeah. West End is something you come out of and you're like I can't believe I yeah. just saw all that on one stage yeah I think this would make a really good West End show but you know I'll, I'll speak to people yeah um in after lockdown <laughs> <laughs> who's your favorite character I obviously minus Paddington I actually love all the friends that he makes in prison I really like them as a little oh, guy that- yeah 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 my I think my favorite is knuckles with an n <laughs> yeah I like knuckles with an n and I know I I actually really like Mr Brown because I just like his kind of character development yeah. where he's he's just your classic stressed London businessman no time for family no Straight time for anything down, yeah yeah and I really like kind of his character development and whenever you know he when realizes it- what's like important you know at the start when he, you know when at the start when he meets Paddington and he's like what's your name and he goes and I'm not gonna do it but he does his bare name and he's like yeah. no you try you try say the bare name and it's just like it's that's really like good comedy and it, yeah I just think the whole not development but creation of the of Paddington as a character the bear is just so impressive mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he is just so it's just so well developed and also yeah. I quite like in the second film how you see them all kind of growing up a bit and mm-hmm. at the start you see all their new hobbies and then the cyclical nature of the narrative all their hobbies yeah. save him in the end you know like the swimming yeah. the yoga the steam trains it's such a satisfying film yeah you it's amazing. At the end. and I think you can also tell like how well-renowned Paddington is that they were able to get such a high profile cast list for even like yes. the first one for the first one before this even happened yeah. everyone knows who Paddington is Paddington is going to be big it's it's yeah Paul Kidman uh-huh. Julie Walters um who else is in it Hugh Grant's in the second one Hugh and Grant. also yeah. uh, I'd love to give more more shout outs to Knuckles he's played by Brendan Gleeson a nice yeah. Irish man 
and um, that's obviously why he's my favorite also mad eye moody in harry potter if you want a mm-hmm. little small small film cast story but yeah the, they obviously saw the script and they were like this is fantastic and you probably know that colin firth was originally supposed to play the voice i did not know that so he played, he um did the whole recording, um, did the whole voiceover, the whole film. And then when the trailers came out, everyone found it a bit weird that you didn't actually hear Paddington in the trailers. And that's because at the last minute they said that his voice wasn't didn't fit with the character, which I kind of get because he is mm. quite a like stern, proper yeah. and he would be he would have been good as um playing um Mr. Brown, but probably yeah. not. So he stepped yeah. back and said, you know, it wasn't right. And then Ben Wishaw, who's who's like a very, not up and coming, like a very um, grounded actor now, came and played it. And like on the red carpet, he's just like, Paddington is me. And, you know, because he's yeah. like starry eyed and like yeah. a wee bit lost when you see him in interview. Yeah. Um, he's amazing. I've seen him in a few um, like trailers or interviews or whatever. And it is really strange because you just hear Paddington when you hear yeah. him speak. And you're like, oh my goodness. And I suppose, yeah, when you look at Paddington as a bear, I don't think you would picture picture him, if you know, as the human. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I was shocked yeah. to see what he looked like, but I don't know why. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I, I already, because I watched it, like, the wrong way around type thing, like, yeah. I already knew who Ben Michelle was. But um, it is, yeah, I'm just, I, would, I wouldn't say it was, like, the, it wouldn't be my Pandora. It was a really nice film to watch. I'd rewatch yeah. it again with my family. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's so impressive that it wasn't cheesy because it could easily be cheesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. And so, obviously, you moved to London uh, during the start of the year, and then had a very turbulent um, end to your London <laughs> adventure. Is there anything you could have taken from Paddington that would have made all that easier? I Any actually kind of life lessons. I actually, yeah, in terms of like everything that's happened this year and stuff, I'm like specifically with London, I had so many things that like say in November time, I'd be like, I would like to do this thing, but I'm going to put it off until March whenever I have more time to do things because I'm too busy to like enjoy myself and enjoy my life. I need to work and study. Um, Obviously March came along and I was home by April and I couldn't do any of the things that I wanted to do. But I suppose, yeah, Paddington's approach you kind of learn from was very much like do not take everything too seriously because you're you're going to miss out on so much if you, if you don't. So I definitely should have been more balanced and very cliche, but like actually lived in the moment and done the things that I wanted to do. And maybe meet up with you more than once or like more than planning three months in advance. <laughs> hey, 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 we met up on the tube and we had some nice fajitas. Um, oh yes, we, we did. You, met up, yeah. you had your first curry, your first curry on Brooklyn. Uh-huh. That um, and also, what else did we do? We went to the Tate late, so we did we a good few things. And we went um, to Junkyard Golf. Yeah, when I was so hungover, I could barely lift my head. So actually, we did do quite a lot, but there's still a good reason for you to come back and visit. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done well. Pandora's excellent because it is actually, you know, an award-winning film. It's, it's a good film. So you've really yeah. impressed me. You've shocked me to my core. You've asked <gasps> me a question, which no one else has. I don't let anyone else ask me questions. But for some reason, I feel like I'm in therapy with you all the time. <laughs> to probably your dismay. <laughs> Why can't we just, just not talk about emotions? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, that's just my thing. Just the emotions are my thing. To, to everybody else's dismay when I try and get them to talk about feelings. 
and they all just like remove me from the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing is to ignore you. My, yeah, my favorite thing is to ignore you in the group chat. <laughs> and then um, a few days later be like, oh, actually, I feel a bit down. I think you're right. I think I've caught you. Blame Richard Branson for those moments of poor sound quality. Becca Burns is the only person to leave me speechless for those few that didn't know One Day is my favourite film of the last half a decade. I think we're all getting a bit acclimatised to lockdown too. I hope that means we're all watching some brain stimulating films. I spent an encapsulating 96 minutes watching Borat's subsequent movie film last week and while it didn't stand up to Borat's 2002 masterpiece, it was a film production triumph over coronavirus. Well done Sasha, you read Chancer. Anyway, I've been Claire. This has been Films for the Many and sayonara Donald Trump.